Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A, trans, that, that a much, transgender woman and a pansexual in a <laughs> lesbian relationship. Yeah, that's true. So sometimes they call um, Kelly MK and I'm MZ. <laughs> Prejudice isn't something you're born with. Yeah. It's something you learn or you're taught. So the kids, you know, the, the, especially the younger ones, are so open-minded. Yes, they're inquisitive, but they're never judgmental about anything. Some families have a momazo and a momacal and two kids and a smelly dog. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Some Families. I'm Lottie Deaths. And I'm Stu Oakley. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you, Stu? I'm doing very, very well. So Lottie and myself are recording this episode again from home due to COVID. Separate homes, <laughs> I may add. Despite rumours, Stu and I don't live together no. in a giant family merged queer house share scenario yet yet (laughs) so we're really looking forward to this episode because this week we are talking to zoe and her partner kelly who make up our transitional life they've been married for almost 12 years and last new year's eve zoe came out as transgender they have two gorgeous children george and molly and if any of you have ever watched any of their videos on social you will know that the children are role models within themselves so we are going to talk to them and find out all about their story and what it's like coming out to your kids as trans and going from being a dad to a mum Welcome, Kelly Hello. and Zoe. Thank you for having uh, us. Shame we couldn't meet and that instead we're speaking via a video conference, but alas, those are the times that we're in. <laughs> so tell us, tell us in a nutshell about your family. Um, well, we're Kelly and Zoe. We've been married for 11 and two-thirds years-ish. Um, we have two children, George and Molly. George is 10, Molly is 9, and... Um, a big furry labradoodle called Ziggy. And we live in Cardiff, South Wales. Lovely. And Zoe, so just over a year ago, you came out as a transgender female. Yes, New Year's Eve 2018-19. I sat down with Kelly and she approached me (laughs) with some Prosecco. (laughs) And we had a a conversation. (laughs) It wasn't a very long conversation. No. It was just the facts. It was, yeah, to the point. Yeah. And then it was New Year's Eve and we and had to talk just, about it yeah. in the following days. 
I suppose. Yeah, months, <laughs> days, weeks, months of chatting up yeah. until two, three, four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and how long did it take you to get to the the point of realizing that you were transgender? I'm imagining that was something that kind of you had been thinking about for a very long time, but maybe it was only really through talking about it with Kelly that it started to really solidify for you. It would. I've always been at odds with a lot of feelings in myself and my life um, from a very early age, from a, from around about eight-ish, but never mm. truly understood the world and diversity of genders and stuff. Um, I had a lot of feelings where... I thought I should have been a woman. I always wanted to be a woman through my teens and my 20s. And then a few years back, I went back to university and I was no longer working full time. So I had a lot more thinking time to myself, um, a lot of walking to university and thinking about things. And um, I guess I just took more time to reevaluate who I felt I was. And I did a lot of research online, looked into a lot of different things and and. As the research progressed, it kind of led me down this path towards being transgender. And the more I read about that, the more stories that I read, the more I just related so much. And I was like, this this is this explains so many of my feelings in the past. And this is who I am. And for a, a good a good few months to about a year or so, I think I kept it from you and you were really unwell as well. Yeah. Like, she wasn't eating properly. She was doing strange things that just were out, out of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were really worried. I thought she was going to die, to be honest. I did. I know I did. God. She lost, like, a lot of weight in a really short time. Yeah. Um, and I, was, I remember chatting to everyone else and thinking that, oh, she's got an eating disorder, she's got an eating disorder, blah, 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 blah. And really focusing on that and all those elements to do with your relationship with food and calling, like, charities like mine to get advice and Mm. then saying that we can't do much, but, you know, it's all about control. And when you look back, it makes sense of everything. Because there was so much that I was keeping to myself about what I wanted to change about myself physically um, and hormonally and emotionally, I suppose, um, that was the only real thing that I had any control over was what I was eating just stopped most of the time. God. Well, I'm so happy for you that you were able to be so honest and open and has such a supportive partner and supportive kids. It must have felt like such a relief to just be open and honest and be able to claim that support that you deserved rather than keeping it all to yourself and it manifesting as eating disorders and that kind of thing. So I'm so, so happy for you that that was your experience. Um, I just wanted to ask you how it's changed you as a parent. You've gone from being a dad to a mum, and that's quite a unique experience. I think for me, I have opened up a lot more emotionally. And although I think my parents' role hasn't really changed that much, you know, Kelly still does most of the work. I'm, I just, I just laze about. I'm just more of a diva now, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Who took the bins out tonight? <laughs> you took the bins. I took one out. That's <laughs> why I left it. I was like, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm a lot more embracing of my emotions now. So I'm not, in the past. I didn't understand my emotions as much and I thought maybe my emotions was a sign of weakness. So I would often push that away from 
from myself and push the kids away at times when there was like hugs and things like that. Like I said, I've, I guess I've embraced that a lot more now and I'm more more than willing to give the kids hugs and just snuggle up on the sofa and I'm more attentive when, you know, they hurt themselves. Or... And do you think that's because you're happier in yourself as an individual or do you think it's that you're now feeling that you're less burdened by expectations of what a man or a dad should do and what a mum or a woman should do or is it individual I think I think it's a combination of a lot of things I'm not putting that pressure on myself anymore emotionally because I haven't got that burden I haven't I'm not so introverted anymore and I I've been on hormones now for about what nine months or so so that's affected my my balance of hormones and my emotions as well. So I'm more in tune with that. And you can At least I cry feel now. that way, yeah. So There's I a think a combination then. of all those different things is... Yeah, pre you coming out though, even when you came out, you were really frustrated with the fact that you felt you couldn't cry. Yeah. Like actually physically there were no tears. And then your hormones, like it's com- the complete opposite now. Yeah, I just cry all the so, time. <laughs> but that's all that is out, isn't it? It's yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, a, like I said, a, a combination. All those different things is all added up to me being more happy within myself and being more comfortable with my emotion. Which is so, so lovely to hear because so many people don't get to have that experience of feeling so confident in themselves and like Lottie said before have such an amazing family around you that have just supported you and just live with the mum that they now have I mean and for Kelly for you how did you kind of approach it um we talked about this yesterday well the hard I'll tell you what the difficult thing was was um sharing the word mom like sharing that initially I struggled with it like I'm not I'm not gonna lie I'll be completely honest I I was like that's that's my title that's my name there was like a, probably a couple of weeks where I was just like oh this is hard this is difficult what do what do the children call each of you then Mom, mommy Kel and mama Zo. <laughs> and it's it's like that is just life to us now mm. like I can't remember a different time but I do obviously still remember my resistance to it a little bit because it felt like my domain, I suppose. That's so interesting. And Kelly, you almost became a lesbian mum then, quite suddenly, I guess. Um, apologies if I've misrepresented no, you no, by no. saying lesbian, and please do correct me because perhaps that's not how you identify at all. But to the outside world, yeah. you know, you're an LGBT family, yeah. and that kind of put an, an identity on you, which perhaps maybe you identify differently. Please enlighten me. When anyone asks me, I'm like. I'm just human. Like, I I mean, I did a video before about being pansexual because I'd always thought I was bisexual. But then, obviously, okay. I kind of believe that you fall in love with someone for who they are on the inside. Like, I don't, I don't think it comes down to physical... Obviously, you want the connection and that vibe, which mm. we've always had. Like, I've always used to describe you pre-coming out as a woman in a man's body. Really? Yeah, <laughs> for, like, years. Like, yeah, the whole of our like, marriage. Right at the beginning... Yeah, because of there's certain parts of you just I don't I can't describe it. I I don't know what it is. There's that was just my description of you, <laughs> and I was right, and I didn't even know. <laughs> I think that shows the strength of your relationship that you were able to read Zoe that well to have that connection. You just you you just knew. Yeah, I think it was like a, a subconscious thing. <laughs> Possibly, but I was still shocked when I when she told me. I was still. 
that shock was still there. So that conflicted with yeah. everything about me, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not a small change. It's not like me coming home and having a different hair colour or something. It's going to... <laughs> no, but you did come home yeah. after waxing everywhere the one day. That was a bit of a shock. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sorry, Kelly, just to go back to that last question. Like, do, So do you identify as lesbian mums now? Or is it something different? Um, I don't overthink that but I, I think we that's what we would be seen as but I still yeah. suggest I'd still say about myself I'm pansexual I think um but you you identify as lesbian and, and we I, are a lesbian couple I, I think, guess yeah, yeah we're we're a we don't a, really talk about a trans, that, that a much, transgender woman and a pansexual in a lesbian <laughs> relationship yeah that's true Maybe. that <laughs> makes total sense to me <laughs> just sounds really mythical <laughs> it does but she's a unicorn really yeah i'm into it so yeah i don't i yeah i think that's that side of it i mean when we go out and stuff we've got the element of there's two women holding hands but also that you're trans and that sometimes that you know it draws attention it does yeah and that was one of the reasons that i moved on to go in with the red hair was because yeah there was no way i wasn't going to stand out so I thought, if I'm going to stand out, then I'm going to stand out. Your way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. on your terms. I love that. Hmm. I love Good that. Good Embrace it. So tell us about the children then. So so when you came out, Zoe, how did the both of you plan to discuss that with the children? And also just say, you know, we are coming to this as well from a point of view that we may have someone listening who was in the situation that you were in, Zoe, and is thinking about coming out to their family and starting their own transition. So how did you approach it with your children? She didn't. Well, I, well, no. Well, before I spoke to Kelly, well, I, I kind of tried hinting at being trans for a little while, but really really in backwards ways so after well approaching when when uh it was new year's eve i was terrified because i'd read so many horror stories and seen so many videos where people had come out and lost their partners lost their family their friends their jobs there were points in the couple of years that i was thinking about how to approach things where i was like would it be easier for everyone if i just kept this to myself and didn't didn't follow it through, didn't speak to anyone and just kept it locked away like I have done for years um, because then I wouldn't run the risk of losing anyone. And I think after coming out to Kelly uh, and then a, a couple of days, well, not even a week really, a few days really of just chatting and being so open about everything. I don't know, everyone just had to know one after the other. And <laughs> <laughs> when we spoke to the kids, it was like, well, it was you speaking really, wasn't it? Was, it? it well, you kind I kind of approached it in and at the time obviously I was using words like he and daddy because we hadn't come to changing pronouns at that point it was all very fresh it was yeah. like probably within a week I, I just was, I was still going to work as yeah. the dad the man yeah but we we read a lot of books of them anyway about gender identity and kind of Molly's very passionate about you know women and kind of equal rights and all that stuff. So they they had that awareness and of stuff already. But we just bought a couple more books and sat down. And I remember just saying to them, "How would you feel if Daddy dressed like this a little bit more?" And they were just like, "Whatever." Like they obviously didn't say that, but <laughs> I think I remember saying we must have said and how would you feel if she called herself by a different name and she was referred to as she instead of he and all this stuff. Mm. And George just said, um, as long as she's happy, it doesn't matter. That that was his reply. Yeah. It was quite like... 
But it is what it is. Like, And they just took it all with a pinch of salt, pretty yeah. much. They'd ask us a couple of questions here and there, but... And even on the day, like, in the first month, I would say, when I said, oh, I, th- I remember getting really upset and saying, I miss, I think I, I, I miss, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to miss your daddy. I said it to George. And should I have said that? I don't know. I don't know if that's good parenting or not, but he turned to me and said, but he's still there inside of Zoe. And um, that was all I needed. That I was like, yeah, you're right. What a sage. Amazing. And Zoe, how did it make you feel when you first heard your kids call you mum? Um, weird, but nice. It's like I, I still, it, yeah, because they chose, we, we never forced them to start calling me mum, to call me anything in particular. We let that, let that kind of develop naturally. Um, and they developed it to mommy Zoe. Sometimes they call um, Kelly MK and I'm MZ. <laughs> it's trying to be cool with the kids and everything. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so it was odd, but nice. And I think I'm still, even still today, I find it strange hearing my name being called and it took a while to adapt to like both in the house and outside of the house, really. Yeah, I remember that time a friend chased you down the street and was going, Zoe, and you just like, carried on. And I was really? like, someone calling you. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> and how about friends and family then? Because a family, I mean, a lot of family have such a strong support network around them to help them on just a day-to-day basis or an emotional basis did your support network change in any way yeah I think we've always had quite a small family anyway um on Kelly's side it's pretty much just your mum and she when when we sat down with her she we we were quite serious and obviously very nervous in in the very early days we were very nervous about telling anyone especially people who were close to us again in case they disowned us um so when we sat down we were very nervous and serious and we need to sit you down we need to have a talk about this and this and this and we we came out with it and she just did a massive sigh of relief she's like oh you were so serious i thought you were going to split up <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> so she's happy with that and she's been really supportive yeah she's really um, supportive she goes to get her nails done with you and yeah, takes you shopping been to get her nails done and stuff that's yeah, so nice. nice my mum lives a few miles away so i don't get to see her very often but she's she's been making the effort um to ha- to help out and to support me She's because because we don't see each other as often. She does sometimes um, misgender me and and misname me. So that's a bit of a struggle. But as time progresses, it's getting better. So you know, I've always had a bit of a distant relationship with my dad, who I don't speak to anymore at the moment, and I'm not speaking to my brother at the moment because of it all. So it's quite a a small amount of family who support us. We've lost a, f- a few friends along the way as well, but we've we've grown our family as well now, both online and in the LGBT community that we've been taking part in. So it swings around about some of the losses hurt, but we've got to look after ourselves and our family first. So, have you felt like you've been welcomed by the LGBTQ community? Have you? found a kind of chosen family through them or have you felt any alienation from our community as well i don't think i felt any real alienation we've heard rumors of um 
a lot of pre- prejudice that can exist towards trans people. But from our experience, we've found a, a nice, close-knit community um, within Cardiff. And like I said, online as well, all the support that we get through the blog and on Instagram is amazing. So, so are you going out to community events and stuff? Yeah, there's... Um, <laughs> if you consider karaoke, karaoke. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> karaoke at the local uh, gay pub. <laughs> it's fab. Yeah, no, there's a great community um, of, of, of regulars who are really supportive. As soon as you walk in, everyone's like hugging and kissing you. And- yeah. It's really nice. Even, we the, feel even safe the security there. guards give us a hug. When yeah, we <laughs> but it's like our safe space because yeah. because I guess we have gone to places like other places and and felt, and felt uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. What kind of places? Well, the generic kind of chain pubs that we used to attend aren't really home for us anymore. I suppose. Did you have a lot of LGBT friends before coming out, or is the queer scene new to you no it's, it's not new to me relatively new for me <laughs> well i met one of my best friends in the toilet in a gay bar so and um, he, he's kind of stuck with us for yeah. many years pretty much yeah so. but that's but you'd never been to anywhere like that until really, then no. had you no. so so I, I was quite nervous entering in as i guess mm. no longer a perceived cisgendered straight male i am well you know i was now like fully integrating into the LGBT community and that was but you've been welcomed nervous at first but yeah I have been welcomed a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So I wanted to ask you about the tools that you may have given to George and Molly to help them if anybody should have any questions, whether that be friends or strangers. It sounds like they've pretty much got the tools and they've designed the tools themselves, but is there anything you've empowered them with? Open conversation, Mm. um, honesty, books galore. Books are like the biggest tool of life I think just reading together and learning together I think the biggest Um, thing with us is because we've home educated from quite an early age with them they went to school a little bit but we've home educated a lot um 
the way we have always spoken to them and taught them is through honesty and, and respect and yeah, yeah and not not terrifyingly blunt but quite frank about life and about gender and a lot of things even before coming out George so. gets misgendered all the time he's got long blonde hair and he gets misgendered a lot and Molly will often step in before I get chance mm. to and say something to complete strangers like yeah. that's my brother you're talking to um and George has got this theory that you get to know someone before you know their gender like it's it you shouldn't just presume it yeah. so they yeah they've experienced stuff themselves i guess not long after coming out um George's best friend uh was in his school assembly and there was like a local police officer who came out to give a talk about hate crime and stuff like that. And bearing in mind, these are like eight and nine year olds in his year anyway. Um, and he stood up and said, oh, my best friend's mum is transgender. And he was quite proud of that. And the, the head teacher <laughs> called his mum in to say how proud she should be of having such a son who was as open minded and proud of that. Which is really good. Uh, how nice. What wow. a nice story. So, yeah, they've been pretty... I don't know. Is the word lucky? I don't know. Because we've heard of other children who get, you know, maybe a little bit of grief and stuff. But their friends, even the ones that go to school, it just doesn't... They ask questions. Yeah. And they, you know, they're inquisitive. But they've never... They've seen more stuff. I don't know if they've ever had anything from children. But say we've been to a restaurant, for example, and they've seen staff stand and just laugh at Zoe and point and point and point at her and poke their friends and you know they've seen that and they've just seen me get a bit angry and complain it's not cool. i just <laughs> steam comes out my right, ears right. um it hasn't happened for a long time i mean we're stuck in yeah but, true. you know it hasn't happened for a long time no. even pre-lockdown has mm-hmm. it um but they've they've seen adults behave in that way and they don't they don't like it um but there's not much you can do apart from explain we shouldn't be like that because yeah. the adults are just doing this stuff and I don't, I think it's difficult, the, isn't it? Yeah, one of the biggest things I keep saying recently is that prejudice isn't something you're born with. Yeah. It's something you learn or you're taught. So the kids, you know, the, the, especially the younger ones, are so open-minded. Yes, they're inquisitive, but they're never yeah. judgmental about anything. And so, yeah. so what advice then would you give... Um, other families who might be going through this? What would you say to them if if they were here now saying that they're thinking about coming out? It's it's hard to say this in particular, but if I could have said to myself, I would say, try not to be as afraid and be honest maybe a little sooner to, to my family in particular, because I've been lucky. Not everyone is, so that's that's a difficult one to to, to say, really. Um, I think honesty is always the best policy. Um, being honest with yourself will make you a kinder person in the long run anyway. If you're keeping something this big inside you, it's only going to eat you up and it's going to come out in other ways. You know, I was, I had, like I said earlier, I had an eating disorder because of it. Um, I would get grumpy, depressed, uh, maybe a little bit angry at times. And, you know, who knows how these things could come out if if they're not out, out. So mm. I guess just talk, talk and be honest about things, about your feelings. And 
you know, hopefully, from from my point of view, you know, it's been positive and amazing. So hopefully, it could be as well mm. for them. Do you know of um, for those that aren't so lucky? Do you know of any resources that you would recommend that you found out along along the journey that you'd recommend? It's hard. To, well, in terms of stories, for me, when when you came out, I just wanted to read a story where a relationship had worked, and there was so much negativity online. Literally, there's just story after story after story of breakup. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what prompted us to kind of start talking more about yeah. our story, is to put a positive story out there, or another one at least. Yeah, but we do know of people that haven't necessarily made it as a couple. Either either the, either it breaks down completely or they're just still friends. Um, and as, as for good positive resources, I mean, you've got... You've got obviously the support websites. You've got like yeah, Stonewall. Stonewall, but as for positive stories, it's hard to find. Well, I guess you guys are that, right? You're yes. that's <laughs> and and I wanted to ask you too as well yeah. about memories. And from my experience, it's not always everyone's experience, but so much of my family is built up of the memories we've had together and the photos that we have up around the house and. And all those kind of things. So for George and Molly, how much do you lean into your 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 previous identity? You know, do you still celebrate that with them? We haven't removed every trace of you pre tra- no. pre coming out, have we? No. We've started to though, purely because like it's a new it's a new We're kind a new of chapter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we won't be getting rid of things. They're still no. memories, aren't they? You yeah. said all along you don't want to erase. No, I mean, like, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for who I was yesterday. I'm a big believer in fate, um, and everyone's path takes them to to where they're meant to be eventually anyway. So, you know, I've got some very good memories, and whether it was with me as a dad, as a mum, whatever, it's with me, with as me at that point in my life, I suppose, so... I don't think I'd ever want to erase anything from the past. And I certainly wouldn't... Like, one of the biggest things is, like, would I say... If I had, if I knew about being transgender as a teenager, would I have come out and transitioned early? I would like to have had the opportunity, but I would never, ever trade my life that I have now with Kelly and the kids just for that. Do you know what I mean? I think my life has led me to where I am now to maybe be in a position where I've got a supportive and amazing family with two amazing kids and I've now got the strength where yes things might be a little bit more difficult for me physically because of my age but I've got the strength to stand up for other transgender people and and transgender rights now because of who I am and who I've grown into. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing way to look at it. And it's a very obviously positive and it's very affirmative. You could feel it between you. And I think seeing a couple who have so much love for, for one another is 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 really beautiful. <laughs> Don't you start making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so we have um, a character on our podcast called Aunt Sally, who is the she's just the worst she's the person that will come up to you at parties or um you know will sit down next to you on a bus and will just look at you and just come right out with the most inappropriate insensitive ignorant question 
and expect you to answer it. So have you had any Aunt Sally moments and could you narrow them down if you have to just one or two of the worst ones? Mm. I was approached (laughs) in the toilets of um, a gay pub by a lady who was not gay. She was there on a random night out with her husband or partner or whoever he was extremely drunk and extremely rude um asking firstly if i still had a penis um and then asking us whether we still have sex and Um, then asking me whether what did she say i can't remember (laughs) I feel embarrassed. I know, it's like, do I say these words? Um, asking me, she was saying things like, you don't you don't like, can I say this? Yeah, go for it. I have a feeling that Aunt Sally has some kind of dick obsession, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Aunt Sally does have a bit of an obsession yeah. with that, yes. You don't like Willie, you don't like Willie, all this stuff at me. And I was just like, yeah. get away from me, just get away from me. I couldn't cope. And I you thought, were really polite. Yeah. I mean, I'll always be polite, but, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a point when you just need to move away from somebody. It did get to a point and we just said, you need to, you need to go. You need to go. Yeah, stop asking about dick. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah. And you've had people touch you I've had people, like, oh trying God. to touch my boobs and stuff. Oh, are they real? Are they this? Are they that? It's like, hang on. That's not okay, regardless of whatever gender I may or may not be. That is not an okay thing to do. So don't do it. Yeah, not dick, not good. Sex and tits. Oh, Aunt Sally, that is she's right. dreadful. She is, she is banned she from the next wedding. Dreadful. I'm telling you now. That's it. Done. <laughs> Done with her. I just um, don't know how people ask these. I'd never go up to someone and ask those questions. I don't get it. Aunt Sally needs to just be careful. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. going to get into trouble one day. <laughs> yeah, I I I did just want to ask what you what would be your hope for say ten years time in how the world, especially media, uh, represents transgender not just people but transgender families. I think somebody commented on something that we did recently, and they said something along the lines of their kids are as open minded and non judgmental as, as ours are. And their hope would be that in, like I say, in about 10, 20 years time or whatever, there's no need for anyone, regardless of their gender, their sexuality or or anything, to come out or to justify who they are for just everyone to be allowed to just be and to live their way. Love is love. People are people. And that's all that matters. But you did get to have a big party when you came out. I did have a big... (laughs) Yeah, well, you could still have a party if you want a party, you know. Just thinking of the positives coming out, you know? (laughs) I guess something it's just made me think about just since talking to you guys and like why I'm so interested to sort of keep coming back to the same question is making me realise how um, how like burdened by labels we are, even when we're the most open-minded people. Because I keep wanting to think, well, how are you feeling now as a mum you've got the kind of identity of a woman and the identity of a mum but actually I'm challenging myself as I'm saying that because 
why should mum come with such a a given identity in the first place? You know, it's me battling my own, the own stereotypes of what I have of what a mother is or isn't anyway. Well, I think that's a general thing, isn't it? It's that mum is yet another label and is it actually even needed? We're parents at the end of the day and we have different qualities regardless of our gender and we are parents. So yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think like every, every parent, even in um, cisgendered straight couples, will have their own way of parenting. So everyone's unique in, in everything that they do. So Yeah, I just, I, I really think we do need to start changing the language around motherhood in culture, you know, it's something Stu talks about a lot as gay dads just feeling so excluded by the language of of mother and baby groups and mum yeah. this and mum that. And actually, if we did start reaching towards a future where we could just talk more neutrally about parenting rather than prescribing these like heavy burdened identities to mum and dad. Like what a happier future that would be. Yeah, it's like I, I only remember only a couple of years ago all the, the mother and baby parking spaces in the shops becoming parent, <laughs> parent and child spaces. Do you know what I mean? I I like the sound of the world that you, you described in ten years' time, but I do think that when George and Molly are running the country, that's that is one step to how yeah. we'll be doing because honestly, I want them to. They are amazing. <laughs> They are our role models. Guys, listening to the if you're listening to this, we'd really recommend you go and check out some of um, Kelly and Zoe's videos um, and the particularly the videos that they've done with their kids because they're truly, truly heartwarming and will renew your faith in humankind. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for talking to us today. It's been so nice seeing your face on this video conferencing call. Thank you for having us. It's been awesome. Um, Yeah, it's been lovely. I feel like I learn things. The more we do stuff, the more I learn about, like, even the thing, you know, I'm learning from the things you're saying. Yeah, well, well, thank you for sharing your story as well, because I think that's the only way we'll ever change as a society if more and more people start being authentic about their experiences and and sharing them. So thank you. Yeah, really lovely to meet you. you. Okay, so where do we find you guys online? On Instagram at Our Transitional Life, Twitter and um, Facebook page, which is at Our Trans Life. Just any way, if you you need to talk to us, I'm, you know, I'm all, like I think the past few days I've must have had communications with a few different people, and I'll always give as safe as vi- advice as I possibly can. Well, Kelly and Zoe, pretty damn fabulous. Wouldn't you agree, Lottie? Yeah, I felt really heartwarmed by speaking to them, not only because of how emotionally intelligent they both seemed and how wonderfully um, sorted their kids are in terms of their attitude to their parents' gender identities and family dynamic. Like, what amazing role models, as you said in the introduction, Stu, what amazing role models those kids are. And it gives me a lot of faith in the future generations um, being just more open-minded and tolerant. And actually, one of the things that I found the most interesting about talking to them was challenging my own ideas of what a mum and a dad are and realising 
how much of that is a kind of unconscious bias or like a learned um, stereotype that despite being gay and, and sort of quote unquote other myself, I've lived with this very heteronormative idea of what a mother is and what a father is and actually realizing that as soon as we can just talk about parents on an equal um, scale, like that's going to be so freeing from the way we think about uh, parental leave at work to the way that Stu, as you've talked about, um, things are sort of gendered unnecessarily. And like, I think that's just the future to talk about parenting rather than to talk about being a mum and being a dad. A hundred percent. And that is something that does need to change in the future. And I think it will. I think the world is moving at a slow pace. It is moving, as we've seen with the conversations about gender themselves. But I feel that hasn't necessarily seeped into the parenting world. Whilst at the same time, and as you mentioned, there is so much about motherhood that is up for discussion and trying to gain, quite rightly, equality for mothers across the board. Whereas I I personally believe there is going to be no equality for mothers until the idea of motherhood is changed to parenthood so that you can be completely equal. Mm. And talking about the kids as well, I think that was again something for me that I and I called them role models because I would love my children to grow up with that kind of attitude and approach to life and identity and they just seem super cool and I loved that the children had that instilled in them even when the family as they identified themselves as a cis family, cisgendered family, and they still had that. So they had the tools there and ready to be able to deal with any situation that came up. And I think that is the key. The key is, is not just queer families, you know, having the tools to be able to, to talk about and express their feelings in this way. It has to be families across the board so that when something unexpected happens, may not be unexpected to the person who it's happening to, but it could be unexpected to someone, the kids and the next generation are able to go, yeah, it's fine, move on. So what, that dad's now mum or, you know. I think we need to to give kids a bit more respect of their intelligence and ability to to just be okay with these things because they haven't learned the same historical um prejudices that that we as people in our mid late 30s have and do you know who we need to give less respect to who or actually i have zero respect for aunt sally i Um, mean she she was terrible today (laughs) but in all seriousness though i just any form of people's ignorance and the way that they come out with things never fails to to shock me and for Kelly and Zoe to both have those kind of things asked of them or even t- I, I, I I'm sorry but even just people feeling they have the right to touch her and 
I just, I just, it, it just baffles me. It's just so beyond. And their positivity and their view and attitude to everything has is is spot on, really. I think, mm. and the way that they deal with it. We really hope you guys at home listening have taken as much as we have from our chat with Zoe and Kelly today. And please do get in touch with us if you are experiencing a similar situation or a similar but different situation or you have anything that you'd like to enlighten us about or share with us please find us on social media um, or contact us on email you can find all the details in the show notes Stu, it's been really really lovely talking to you again today and i can't wait to be in the same room as you two meters apart of course sometime in the near future i miss our studio and i miss bottles many bottles of wine that we would share late into the evening but thank you very much thank you for listening (laughs) bye everyone look after yourselves goodbye hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing i love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.